If you have your Bibles, I would ask you, if you want, to turn to Revelation chapter 3. And this is the last of the seven churches that the Lord wrote to that's listed here in Revelation. This is kind of the one that would be the hardest letter for a church to receive. We would not want to receive a letter like this. So as we study this, we're, what we're doing is actually studying a rebuking of the Lord of a church that has fallen away from what they should be. And that is a very, very sad thing. I've often heard it said that the church can be one of the greatest experiences in your life. And unfortunately, there is the potential for a church to be one of the worst experiences. And we all have heard, some have experienced, you know, churches that have had difficulties and have even split up and partial people going one way and people going another and some churches end up closing up. I always wonder when I see a, a church, empty church building standing there exactly what happened there that there's no church service there anymore. Well let me tell you the church at Laodicea didn't last very long either. And so let's begin with verse 14. Chapter 3, verse 14. Write to the angel of the church in Laodicea, the amen, the faithful and true witness, the orig originator of God's creation says, I know your works, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were hot or cold, so because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I am going to vomit, or the King James Version says spew, I believe, you out of my mouth. Because you say, now this is the words of the church themselves, because you say, I'm rich, I have become wealthy and need nothing. And you don't know that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I advise you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you may be rich, white clothes so that you may be dressed, and your shameful nakedness not be exposed, and ointment to spread on your eyes so that you might see. As many as I love, I rebuke, and disciplined. So be committed and repent. Listen, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and have dinner with him and he with me. The victor, I will give him the right to sit with me on my throne. Just as I also won the victory and sat down with my father on his throne. Anyone who has an ear should listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. Sometimes when looking in the mirror, I could actually be a little surprised. I don't look the same way I used to. 
And we were cleaning out some of the basement area of our house. After our move, we still don't have all the boxes emptied yet. And so they're sitting around the lower part of the house with a trail between the boxes. And yesterday, Christy and I said, you know, we might not get it all done, but let's just tackle a certain area. And so we kind of scoped out a certain corner there that we would try to tackle. And I found about four directories from the church in Virginia. Well, let me tell you, I looked a lot different when I started over there. First of all, I had all, pretty much all, brown hair. I don't know what happens to your hair after a while. It just happens. I thought maybe I would dye my hair, but I'm afraid I might look like a skunk if I try to do that. <laughs> it could happen, so I'm afraid. I was watching TV uh, not too long ago, and this uh, one commercial came on. I don't know if it's called Just for Men or whatever, but I yelled in to Christy. I said, Christy, you need to get me some Just for Men. And what it said was it would bring it back slowly. So see, I could turn back to brown so slow you wouldn't even notice it. <laughs> anyway, I got white hair, a wrinkled face. I weigh a little more than I should. Christy came out the other day and said she thought our scales were broke. I don't know because of her or because of me, but I agreed with her. I said, I do believe our scales are broke. The last time I was on, it said about 20 more pounds than I thought, and I think it was wrong. Now, the Bible says that God's word is like a mirror, that it shows us ourselves, And we can look into the word of God and see how we really are. We can fool ourselves into believing one thing or another about ourselves. And I guess as long as you don't look in the mirror, you get away with it. But sooner or later, someone or somehow you're going to find out how you really are. You've been fooling yourself all the time. You know, I don't look like I'm 25 anymore. Very few people call me young man. And if they call me young man, they must be in the 90s themselves. And I even get called old man once in a while. I was standing at a, at a supermarket aisle looking at the shelves, and some obnoxious guy comes by and says, uh, excuse me, old man. Yeah. And I had a notion to turn around and say, who are you talking to? Where's the old man at? The church at Laodicea apparently had not looked in the mirror or into God's word very closely for years. They began seeing themselves as they thought they were. You say, I am rich and have become wealthy and need nothing. That's who you think you are. So much that this is what you're saying about yourself. They had been deceived themselves, but they didn't deceive God. So we can tell ourselves who we think we are spiritually. You know, Lord, how good I am. And here's a, a classic prayer. Well, you know, Lord, at least I'm not as bad as, as that person over there. The Pharisees prayed that kind of prayer, you remember. Well, at least I give my alms and I'm not as bad as such and such. In fact, I'm not as bad as that man standing right there. 
Well, Jesus speaks from the truth perspective. When he comes and looks at us, he doesn't care how we see ourselves. We may have a long list of accomplishments and goals that we have achieved, that, that we have kept ourselves, and we know we don't look too bad. But Jesus sees us for how we really are. There is no variation from him. I like up in verse 14, you know, in each of these letters, he starts them out by various descriptions of himself. The amen. You know what you're saying when you say amen? So be it. Ah, good, Gary. That's exactly what you're saying. You're supposed to let me say that. Though. I didn't expect anybody to answer. <laughs> yeah, so be it. Or let it be so. Yeah, exactly. So when we say amen, especially after someone else has prayed or even we pray ourselves, we say amen. And what that's saying is let this be so. Let it be in our lives. The absolute that's who God says he is. He is the true testimony, the faithful and true witness. He tells of himself. He testifies of himself. And listen, when he testifies about us, there's no sugar coating. It's going to be honest and true. You ever thought how much of Seemingly a fearful thing it would be to stand before for God. I was studying once the scripture that says it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And I prayed about the time that I stand before the Lord. He will know me as I am. He is the creator from the beginning. All things since the be before time Jesus was there he was the creator God's creation says or of God's creation and this is what he says no works or lack of works is hidden from Jesus he is the eternal absolute you know all the names I heard someone try to list all the names of Jesus that is in the Bible. The different names. Well, this would be one. He is the originator. The church at Laodicea is totally exposed to Jesus. There would be no defense. There could be no explanation for the state that they were in. There would be no excuse. There would be no trial with no defense. The church at Laodicea is undoubtedly, pretty much without question, the worst condition of all the letters to the church. There is all condemnation, not common, um, not, um, I always get those two words, commendation. Commendation is good. Condemnation is bad. Jesus judges accurately. He says you're neither hot nor cold, lukewarm, sickly temperature. Sometimes I leave a bottle of Coke in my car. Oh, I left one in last night. You couldn't drink it this morning. 
just froze up solid. But once in a while, I drink a Coke that's been sitting in the car for a little while. And I'll go, yuck. That's not good. And I'll end up pouring it out. And so, that's what Jesus is saying about this church. You've got a, a sickly temperature. You're spoiled. You're sour. Once in a while, I go to the refrigerator and Christy baked a cherry pie not too long ago. I eat half of it at once. And then I eat another piece and then I left the other piece there, I guess, for her. Nobody touched it for a long time. It's sitting in there. So I asked her the other day, I said, do you think that piece of pie in there is good? And she said she didn't know for sure. So I said, I like cherry pie, but I don't know if I want to eat a I don't know, does cherry pie get sour or rotten or what? <laughs> but I, I don't know whether I want to eat a cherry pie or a piece that's been in there that long. I'd rather you were either hot or cold. Jesus would be sick at what he found. And to, for me to say, to think he said hot or cold, he would even rather that they would be cold than that they would just be lukewarm, trying to pretend that they are something they're not. The Laodicean church was completely deceived. They saw themselves in a false light. Rich, wealthy, and in need of nothing, and unaware of their true condition. You know, I've driven vehicles before that every yellow light on the dash was on. Check engine light, low coolant light, who, who knows? The lights are all on. You know, if... If I want to, I just get in that vehicle and drive it anyway. All the warning lights are on it. But hey, it starts up. It moves. So I just take off. I ignore the warning lights. And that's what the Laodicean church is doing. They've ignored all the warning lights that come on. And they just believe falsely. I'm rich. I'm wealthy. I don't need anything. That's what they told themselves. We have churches today that are as blind as the Laodicean church across the nation. I pray that Oakdale Church, Brick Church, never becomes anything close to the Laodicean church. They keep up their appearance. They do the necessary programming in order to look good. To all the community, they compliment themselves. Hey, I want to say a note about friendly churches. Most churches will say about themselves, we are a friendly church. They'll say it about themselves. Christy and I went to a church in LaRay, Virginia one time. We went in, we were passing through, decided to just go to church on Sunday somewhere, picked a church, went in. Not a single person recognized we were there from the time we went in until we left. Not a single person said anything to us. They didn't ask us who we were, where we were from, welcome to church, nothing. And I thought to myself, I bet if you'd ask them, they'd say they were a friendly church. And that's not the only church we've been to that's been like that. Now, I challenge you to not only say you are a friendly church, but prove it. When someone walks in the door here that you haven't seen, I challenge you to go up and say hello to them and welcome to Oakdale Church. 
Because if you don't, you will cause them a tremendous disservice and a lack of testimony. You are the ambassadors of the Oakdale Church. You are the one. Now, I can try to run around and get to as many people, but I, even of the churches I have pastored, I have noticed new people come into that church and nobody say a thing to them. Don't have time. Somebody else will do it. I tell you, we can't let it happen. And I used to say to visitors at the church, you tell me if you don't have at least ten people walk up to you and say, welcome to church. Ten now, that's a pretty good percentage of our group here. But we could do it. We could do it. Gary, when you and Beverly came, they did that for us. I hope so. They did that for us. Dan Shelley, I hope they did it for you. If we didn't, you probably wouldn't be here. And I don't blame you. We have to reach out. Jesus diagnosed this church as being in critical condition. They had self-centered focus. They focused on the wrong things. At the very time, they were wretched and pitiful and poor, blind and naked. They didn't even know it. Can it be that we misjudge ourselves? We compliment ourselves. Now, we don't say it on the outside. I don't walk up to you and say, look how good this hair looks. Now, you know why it looks good? Because it's stiff with hairspray. <laughs> I get it perfect, and then I get in the mirror and spray it all off. Now, I know you're not going to know that. Of course, I just told you, but uh, we believe we measure up pretty well. We'll stand beside the best of them. But what are we really like? You know, what you're really like probably is the person you are at home. If you want to know who a person really is, just ask their spouse. You get the best definition right there. <laughs> if we're interviewing somebody for a job, they ought to call the spouse in and interview them <laughs> instead of the one they're hiring. I have met some people that don't have a clue about who they really are. They thought they were somebody else rather than the person they really were. I wouldn't want to receive a letter like this from Jesus. This is a harsh rebuke. Jesus is painfully honest in this letter. This is strong language. A lot of people remember this when they read it. Neither hot nor cold, I'll vomit you out of my mouth. Now, even in this letter and in this con con condition, Jesus offers some hope. I'm pretty amazed. He says in verse 18, I advise you to buy from me gold refined in the fire. Now, that's advice. That you may be rich, white clothes, you might be dressed. And, shameful, and your shameful nakedness not exposed. Ointment to spread on your eyes that you might see. No matter how terrible a condition we are in, Jesus always offers hope. 
I used to tell people in Virginia, I said, you can't say anything to me, it's going to make my jaw drop. I'm not going to say, you did what? I'm not going to say that because chances are I've did the same thing. Jesus always offers hope. Buy me gold tried by fire, white clothes, healing ointment. Jesus offers loving rebuke. He chastises those whom he loves. Jesus said, no, or Paul wrote, no chastisement is pleasant for the, at the time, but afterward it brings about the peaceable fruit of righteousness. That's what Jesus wants. You know, um, I believe it was John MacArthur said once about a church discipline. You can rebuke a person in church discipline and you might, the goal is to restore that person to good fellowship. That's the goal. But if that person gets offended and leaves, he says either way you have maintained purity in the church. And that's important. Covenant brethren all the way. Covenant brethren all the way. He chastises those he loves and calls for repentance. And I love this very familiar part of this scripture that says, I stand at the door and knock. There have been paintings done of this. Jesus standing at the door and knocking. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and have dinner with him and he with me. Now listen, I don't believe that the Oakdale Covenant Brethren Church is anywhere near the condition of the Laodicean Church. See, no evidence of that. And I pray that we never will be. Now listen, a church is only what its individual members are. And so each one of us has to take this personally. Am I really the person I try to let on like I am? You remember those different kind of people? We have a public type of person we show off. Then we have a semi-public. Then we kind of have a private part. Well, I hope that the person that I really am is the same one I try to act like I am. I pray, and you know what that is? That's authentic. And that's integrity. We want that in our lives. Let me pray together. Heavenly Father, this is a very bold scripture, almost difficult to comprehend and to study and realize. Sometimes we kind of like to shy away from scriptures like this. This is the first sermon I ever preached on the day to see in church, that's for sure. And maybe I would like to skip it. But yet it's there for a reason we need it. Lord, help us to be authentic in every way. Help us to truly be a people in a church that cares for others. Help us not to be lukewarm but hot, on fire for the Lord. Eager to do the work that he gives us to do. I pray we can be like that. In Jesus' name, amen.